Hey y'all, it's Paul coming back at you with another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with all those who celebrate Lent and all those traditional gents. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap No cap. Mm, but that was kind of my strategy in college was to take the classes I could pass the easiest so I could sleep in as much as possible. Well, that's because you went to like Clemson, right? Where you could take like packaging science 101 and like dirt drinking 102 and uh, farm living 305. You're right. That is <laughs> actually we uh, that was basically spot on, except we had the four number system for our classes. So it wasn't like in the hundreds, it was thousands, but. Oh, you guys tried to make it seem like it was really impressive. <laughs> I don't. Is, is that what though they're trying to make it seem like? Yeah, we did the three number one because we were regular. I remember uh, you were a computer science major, right? Computer engineering. Computer. Enge uh, see, I I switched computer science for a second, and I had to take binary one hundred one, which is actually binary five. It's a very high level class. That is the worst joke I've ever heard. It actually <laughs> bummed me out. <laughs> is that a good energy to start with for this energy uh, for this episode? Who are we talking about? Happy masks. Clemson being a, a real um farmer's town college yeah no that was that was funny stuff um but also legitimately like I, I kind of enjoy that i kind of having my college dragged on it's funny to me but it is even funnier to me when somebody gets defensive about their college being made fun mm -hmm. of like some of my coworkers at my first job i remember making they were all from unc mm. and so i was just chapel taking, hill yeah yeah mm. unc chapel hill i was just taking shots at their scandal where uh their scandal where students like uh basketball players were like, being taking fake classes that like mm. basically didn't exist and only they could take so they could just get an A and just practice. And so I I forget what I was saying. Somebody was saying something I'm like, eh, that makes sense you didn't know that. I mean like you <laughs> like Chapel Hill classes don't even really exist. You just spent four years in a ghost town, right? <laughs> and I thought that was like a funny joke, kinda like how you're making fun of Clemson, like mm -hmm. <laughs> just making fun of us for uh what we you know casually are known for being hicks and mm -hmm. they're known for being cheaters or whatever and he was like don't even talk about things you don't know about damn i was like i guess that's true <laughs> hey you mess with the bulldogs you get the tar heel you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> that also brings me to the fact that other ones of my coworkers would uh, when i first started working at my last company with all unc people my age like new hires and i was like oh i'd never heard of unc before when they're telling me like about it and they were like what I was like, yeah, I've never, they're like, it's basically like a Ivy League. It's just not an Ivy League. And I was like, oh, dude, nobody, they're not even going to Duke. They're, they're going nobody to New who has to Chapel say Hill. that. Nobody who has to say that. I, I have no idea what to tell you, Obi, but nobody thinks of your school as an Ivy League. God damn. Yeah. That, I, my stereotype of UNC people is insecurity is mainly what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's not a bad school. It's a very lovely campus. They shouldn't yeah. be so insecure. It's a cool place. I enjoyed my time there. You enjoyed your time there? I got to see two of my uh, favorite bands play in uh, Chapel Hill. And mm. uh, I spent the, the day there hanging out with Drake, checking Hoomst. out the campus. Whomst was the uh, band? Um, oh, so it was an interesting one. Because I went there to see Lydia, who were the headliners. And they were great. But I was surprised by their opener from Indian Lakes, which is now like probably one of my like top two favorite bands. Oh, nice. Um, and I just remember leaving that. Uh, uh, I left that concert saying god damn that boy can sing i gotta check out his music been a fan ever since 
Anyways, Chapel Hill's a cool place, though. I do like it. Y'all, uh, anybody who's been offended of me making fun of UNC Chapel Hill, um, you know, there's two opinions on this podcast, so don't take it too personally. We, we have the defender here. We have me, the hater, and we have Adrian, the defender. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I finally watched Vertigo by um, by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, okay, cool. And yeah, like all movies that old, it was all right. There was some cool stuff, and there was a lot of eh. They could have done not had to do that. They could have they could have done some CGI for that part. Exactly. Like the opening scene, I'm sure at the time it was like, oh my god, it looks like he's hanging right off that building. Is he gonna survive? But with modern eyes, it's just like, Jesus Christ, a little kid on YouTube can make a better looking version of a guy hanging off of a rooftop. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. You want to head into the topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old topic that I did not remember to spend some time thinking about before we talk about the general topic. (laughs) Well, we're talking about traditions. Traditions. Um, I mean... Not customs, but sort of also customs and traditions. Let's start with something that I know we love to talk about. Let's talk about being old school. And one Mm -hmm. Mr. Steve Harvey. Now see, I'm old school. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Adrian, let me let me think of things for you. Uh, Let me let me talk to you some softballs. You got to give me what how Steve Harvey would react to this information. All right. Let me get my big pants on in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Put on your big (sighs) pants. So much room to breathe in here. Got my mustache on. All right. I'm in character. Look, Steve, me and my girlfriend, we've been going steady. But recently, she started doing this thing where she always shows up for her date for our dates. She always shows up 20 minutes late. Now, look, I don't I don't want to be mean to 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 the woman I I, I love. But I, how do I handle this situation? I find it really upsetting. Now, see, I'm old school. OK, so if you got a date set up with a woman, first of all, why are you meeting her there? Why are you not picking her up? Ooh, good. Good. Damn. Mm hmm. Paul, what, you think that she's an independent woman? She's allowed to drive? She's allowed to have her own wallet? <laughs> she's allowed to meet you at Applebee's for that second date? What's wrong with you? Now, now look, Steve, at, at work, I mean, I've I've just made manager. I've just made line manager, not manager, manager, line manager. I do now have a key mm-hmm. to close. Congrats, um, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate a working man who gets promotions. But look here, some of the employees, they still try to treat me like their friend and aren't acknowledging that I am now their line manager. Mm. Now, see, I'm old school, okay? So this is why, and I am, as Steve Harvey, very knowledgeable about how Trader Joe's works, and not because I'm Adrian, but because I'm Steve Harvey. This is why when people get promoted to manager, they have to move to a different store as part of company policy. That way, you don't have that issue. So Mm. my idea, pack your bags, move to where no one knows your name, and then you dominate them. Okay, okay. Now, look, Mr. Steve, Mr. Steve. Please call me Mr. Harvey. I'm old school. (laughs) (laughs) No, Mr. Harvey, I've been thinking, like, I want to go on to a game show, but I'm worried that one of the topics that comes up might be, like, sexual. If it is, that that might be, like, scandalous to the audience. How how do I deal with that situation if it does happen on the game show? Now, see, this might surprise you, Paul, but I'm old school, okay? (laughs) So for me, if something inappropriate if something that lets me know that whoever's writing this show needs Jesus comes up, I'll tell you what to do. You do a gym from the office. You look straight at the camera. You do your best exasperated little. <laughs> and you look around like, can you believe this shit? That's go- I mean, I do. can you believe this poop that's going on right now? I swear to God. 
I I never made the connection before that that was a gym from the office in the game <laughs> show version. That's awesome. Oh my god, Steve wow. Harvey's the best. Yeah, shout out to Steve. Now, Paul, what are you old school about? What, what are you am I old about? school about? Um, the one thing I'm I am absolutely against new school in is tattooing. New school tattooing sucks. Oh, you don't like line drawing? No, no, no. I don't like literally new school. So like literally like big cartoony big-eyed bulbousy like you know chunky kind of teeth like uh that's like like graffiti style is what new school is and it's it's an it's an incredibly unattractive style of tattooing um okay so paul i think as we discussed in our third segment um there's kind of a difference between like customs and traditions where traditions if you look them up it's a lot of like yearly things it's a lot of like oh in our family we do this for new year's or whatever like Mm-hmm. As whereas customs can sometimes be kind of like, uh, you know, in Guatemala, it's customary to never write a letter in red pen because that's yeah, yeah, considered yeah, yeah. very like aggro. What are your feelings on that distinction? Or do you have anything to say about one over the other? Well, I think traditions can be fun. Like those are more likely to be like you want you want to per- like perpetuate them because they're fun. Like in my family, you know, like we do whatever. fish at Thanksgiving. We We're yeah. a little kooky like that. <laughs> You know, but that can be like a little bit fun to do those things and there's nothing harmful about it. Whereas customs mm-hmm. can be a little bit more like, you know, women. Strict. In, yeah. Women, you know, have to cover up their face or whatever. I yeah, mean. yeah. yeah. Also, really quick for our sociology audience, I think technically there's a more academic distinction that has something to do about like intergenerational passing of knowledge versus like milieu of knowledge i don't know but well i definitely didn't do any research on the academic distinction <laughs> well you know i usually do what I start all of my do you research think the in... audience thinks they're listening to <laughs> <laughs> i start all of my research in google scholars so that's that's kind of how that goes for me yeah i think actually i think i take your basic stance is that traditions can sometimes be arbitrary and dumb like there's you know that story about cutting off the tip of the ham or whatever is that what it is the, no i don't know that story typically it's a jewish parable about how like it's passed down from generation to generation that you have to cut off the tip of like the pork roast before you make it or not pork. I guess Mm. they don't eat pork, but whatever roast they're making you have to cut off the tip. And it's like a few generations before someone finally asks the original like recipe maker, like, why do you have to do that? And she was like, Oh, I didn't have a pan big enough to fit like the whole roast. So I always (laughs) cut off the tip. And it's just about how like arbitrary certain like traditions can be. Yeah. But that's Um, fun. Basically, you know, it doesn't harm anybody, but yeah, essentially I agree with your, I, with your take that traditions are for the most part, quite fun. Customs can sometimes be a bit rigid and kind of gross. But some customs can be fun. Sometimes, like, the idea of uh, my Polish lab mate telling me that, like, it's customary to always give people food if they come to your place, no matter, like, what mm. the situation or, you know, context is. Or, like, the Korea thing of, like, the younger person always pours for the older. Like, I like things mm-hmm. like that. Like, that can be a fun custom. Um, I mean, that does really establish hierarchy, but... It does. It is probably a little bit more problematic, but age hierarchy exists almost universally. Like, In I don't lobsters, think... so... Well, you know it's real. It's natural. <laughs> oh my god. You're you're the Jordan Peterson of this podcast. You're the Jordan Peterson of the podcast. You're the Jordan Peterson. I've been in a bathtub with contrapoints then. <laughs> Damn it. No, I'm the Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I like how most of the time you call her Natal. <laughs> this one time when it was sexual, you called her Contra. I don't we'll unpack that later. No, I'm not unpacking any of that. <laughs> Trying to get away from that parasocial um, addressing. Is there anything that you had to describe to people before coming to your house if they didn't, if they were like, you know, just random white kids from the neighborhood? No, I don't think this is an Arab thing, but it was, it was very embarrassing as a child. I guess now it's kind of funny. My mom used to sing when I would come in every day from school. that's cute. So she would always sing like a little song with my name in it. 
She'd just be like, as I walked into the door, she'd be, she'd be like, Polly. Yeah, kind of. It'd be Polly, 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 Petr, Polly, Mahabet, which in English translate to so Paul, cute. Paul, Paul of the house. I've never liked anybody other than Paul. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's like, yeah, it's like um, a real in the his house type thing. And uh, so there's some Paul in this house. There's some Paul in this house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Certified uh, Paul. <laughs> so I would. I would, if I was walking in with a friend, for example, like I brought a friend home after school or something, I would always make sure to shout loudly, like, hey, I'm with a friend as I opened the door so that she wouldn't wow. sing her song because she heard me walking in. And her heart would break just a little bit. Nah, my mom, I don't think ever took anything personally. She's a very mm. nice lady. Usually the people who take things the hardest. <laughs> what else have you ever uh been in, been introduced to new traditions customs meeting new people dating people mm. having friends i had a clash of traditions very recently where we were welcoming in a new student uh into a lab that's not mine uh, but i'm her advisor so we've been talking for a bit and uh her student advisor and she's puerto rican and so uh much like guatemalans they say provecho but they say it before you eat a meal and not after you eat a meal and so she did that. And I was like, what the fuck? You're doing it the wrong way, bro. <laughs> and I remember talking to my mom this today. And I was like, I told her, I was like, they do it before they eat the meal, not after they eat the meal. And she was like, well, not one's right and what not one's wrong. And I was like, no, they're doing it wrong, mom. What are you talking about? <laughs> Your mom's being more open-minded than you. <laughs> You're like, can you believe like, this dumb wrong, bitch? Mommy. <laughs> uh, yeah, just the way you can get that way about traditions is so funny. Like, I, I think that's the biggest understanding of all of this is that it's just all incredibly arbitrary. Yeah, in Arabic, we say sahtan after a meal. Sorry. Mm. But we do say it after a meal. Nobody says any bullshit before a meal. Mm. Makes so yeah, much more pray sense. Before a meal? What? Oh, did you ever have to do that? That's a big tradition in the South is praying before a meal. I definitely had to do uh, that yeah. with people. Yeah, um, I had to do that with family. It was always horribly uncomfortable. It's super weird. People do ones where like, so that's the funny thing is that some people do the, um, like kind of funny one and some do like the holding hand and it's like real emotional and deep. Oh no, no, no. Most of them do the, like you close your eyes and you hold hands. And that's when like I became atheist. I would just like open my eyes and like look around and be like, this is fucking weird. But most of it is like, close your eyes, hold hands. And some people do like the really stereotyped, like here's the six lines you're supposed to say. Now we can get to eat. But other people are like, every single time, it's got to be something fresh. So it's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing today. Thank you for this very specific meal to like whatever it is today. And just like, and so it's always fun to see like, it's pretty predictable who's like a stereotyped person and who's like, a, I'm going to freestyle every time. For um, sure. For sure. And I totally also, get that. it leads to one of my favorite jokes in 30 Rock, which is uh, Kenneth doing the the meal, uh, pre-meal uh, prayer of uh, dear God. Thank you for this venison. Onion God, thank you for this onion. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple things about that. First off, did you ever know the people who did it at lunch? That was really funny. They would do it silently to oh themselves. Oh God, really? Yeah. Jesus. Um, and then also, so there was another family from the South, like since we knew like Lebanese families uh, where we lived in South Carolina, Sometimes they would be visiting Lebanon in the summer at the same time as us. And they, in their time in South Carolina as Christian Arabs, had picked up saying grace. And so mm -hmm. when we oh, were... Oh, right. We should have known yeah, the name of saying grace. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were in Lebanon, we, we went to visit them because they were also like vacationing there that summer. 
So we go to visit them in Lebanon and we take my aunt who, you know, she's always lived there and we go to start the meal and they stop to say grace. And I'm like 10 years old or something. Like I'm pretty young, but like, so I, I know what to do. I'm from South Carolina. I bow my head. They just start saying grace because they're from South Carolina. My aunt who's lived in Lebanon her whole life is like so confused. She's like looking around confused about what's going on. And Are they speaking she, in Arabic? Uh, Yes. Yes. So she knows that, like, a prayer's going on. Yeah, yeah, she knows that a prayer is happening, but she doesn't know the idea of saying grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and she puts her head down to do, and then she starts laughing <laughs> halfway through the prayer, like she can't help herself. Dude, I've and been there before. <laughs> and she starts laughing, and then it ends, and you know what she does? You know what she does? She goes, Paul was poking me and holding my hand too tight. <laughs> get out of the embarrassment that's so dope she was like paul was doing all of george carlin's best bits (laughs) right in my ear paul was doing a steve harvey impression y'all wouldn't believe paul go ahead and do it for all now see i'm old school (laughs) but she blames it on me because she's embarrassed that she was laughing at them Oh uh, yeah, we'll talk about it in the third segment. But yeah, I have a bad habit of just like I can't hide when I think things are funny <laughs> that I think are stupid. But the funny thing is, she was like, she's a really religious lady too. Like she observes all the like Catholic, you know, because well, she... it's not inherent to being religious. It's yeah. completely taught and manufactured. <laughs> she like observes all the saints like holidays. She observes every mm-hmm. single Catholic holiday. Like, but it's just the idea. that just sounds like she's trying to get time off work as much as she can. <laughs> Well, she doesn't have an office job. It's the Middle East. What do you think people are doing out there? Wow, Paul, you don't think there are offices in the Middle East? Uh, okay, well. You ever yeah. been to Abu Dhabi? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen it in Fast and Furious. They drive it a car in the 17th floor of an office building. Yeah. <laughs> God damn! I forget how much you know about everything. I can't get yep. anything past you, Adrian. Not not past this noggin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, all right, is that enough right. for the theme? Yeah, that's, let's, that's enough. Let's bullshit. jump into it. Can, you mind if I go first today? Yeah, that's fine. I got I got a um. Yeah, yeah, you go first. All right. I almost don't even feel the need to introduce her. We've done her article so many times before. Um, we're doing Caroline Hacks. This one is um the Mercury News. And it's titled, uh, My Indian Family Won't Let My Boyfriend Come to My Brother's Wedding. Whoa. Dear Caroline, my Indian parents, and by extension my sibs, do not like my significant other because he is white, non-college educated man. I had to make boundaries and live my own life as I see fit. This was five years ago. During this time, my parents realized that for us to have any type of relationship, they will have to accept that he is a part of my life. It's not ideal but we are slowly making progress. My problem is my brother's upcoming wedding. In the Indian culture, there is no dating since everything is arranged marriages. There is no such thing as a boyfriend. Until my significant other is my husband or fiancé, he will not be invited. On one hand, I find it ridiculous that the man I live with and plan to marry, we don't have a set date and therefore are not considered engaged by the family, would not be invited to such a large family event. However, this is my brother's wedding, and I don't have any more right to force my brother to adopt my values than my parents do to force me to live by theirs. Normally, I would just decline to go, but this is a large family event, 800 people, and not going will cause irreparable pain and damage. I could go without my significant other, but then I feel like I am not standing up for him in our relationship. 
The easy solution would be to set a date for our wedding, but then I feel like I'm getting married on their terms instead of my own. I feel like this is tearing me apart. Okay. I have three things off top. Mm-hmm. One, they seem like an incredibly reasonable person. Yes. Two, set a date and lie about it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come Keep on. Keep pushing it. Be like, oh, whoa, Delta variant's getting crazy. <laughs> Ew, okay, I guess I'm have to go from 2025 to 2026. Um, um, who? And then... What's this? This summer actually is. This summer, we, we were planning for it, but it's not going to work because it's like this summer, like, you know, like, it's just... Uh, Haley's comet is it for another 16 years <laughs> yeah that's the wrong amount of years the cicadas are going to be out this summer you know they come out in prime mm. numbers that's a prime number mm-hmm. year we, mm-hmm. we can't come out this summer it's a prime number year um, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I had to say about it immediately was the idea of there's going to be 800 people there but it's going to cause irreparable damage if this one person doesn't go that seems like an oxymoron to me no, it's going to cause irreparable ba- uh, damn. Oh, but to her family, the ego that a main member of the family didn't come. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, which, which, by the way, the, the the solution is the actual advice. We can jump into stupid advice, but the actual advice is who cares? They're the one forcing the irreparable damage. Like you're not the one causing yep, it. That's it's true. Them. <laughs> Don't go. Don't go if they won't let you take your boyfriend. No, no, no. I have the great solution for this. Okay. Very easy. Very simple. So there was, I don't know if you know this, Paul, but I run very hot. I'm a very mm-hmm. hot boy. Mm-hmm. Um, have since I was a child. Is this a two people, one trench coat situation? No, no, no. It's not vertical. It's okay. horizontal. Mm. Um, <laughs> there was a while during the later months of winter in fourth, fifth grade where Ben and I had a class together where they had to institute a policy of like, because it was a particularly cold winter. If you didn't have a jacket, you weren't allowed to go do recess. And so because I was always running really hot and I always found it very comfortable, especially comfortable during those months, I didn't bring a jacket. And so one day, whenever our teacher wouldn't let me go, but Ben wanted to hang out with me, we just shared a jacket because it was big enough for both of us. And we just went as a two headed person <laughs> in a jacket mm. into recess. And uh, I think that's the way to do this wedding is get a two person. Sorry. And just uh, throw uh, that and you on. think the bouncer, the bouncer that we all know every Indian wedding has, mm-hmm. he's going to be like, technically. You're allowed in. <laughs> Can you do a better impression of what that bouncer would sound like? Jalebe, baby. You're allowed <laughs> in. <laughs> and then can you do an impression of the guy who uh, says, thank you, come again, after they leave the wedding? Thank you. Come again. All right. Keeping that in. <laughs> <laughs> no. you Harikanda mm, Blue is going to come true. for my They're going to say, like, Sam Metamatic. No, 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 no. Harikanda Blue is coming for my ass. <laughs> He's or coming American coming sniper you, right? style. <laughs> Mm, that's true. But also, Harry Kondabulu, dating a white woman, I think. Or a Ooh. Latina woman. So After making that his whole personality, he's not even going to give any love to our brown queens? I said potentially Latina. Oh, okay. That was, she could still be white Latina, Adrian. We've talked about this on pod before. <laughs> we have, we have, but I don't, I've actually seen her before. I've just, I know her name's Jocelyn, so I assume uh, she's not Indian. Mm, okay. Her name isn't Jalebi, baby. <laughs> Jalebi, baby. <laughs> The replicability of it. it comes out the same every time. You can make a factory of Paul saying Jalebi Baby and it'd be perfect on the uh, product inspections. 
Yeah, no, the family seems like they're being super unnecessary. Yeah, I like your idea. They could they could double up in one outfit. Also, like I said, I don't think they're going to have a bounce there. Uh, that was a joke. I don't think they'll actually have a bounce there. I feel like he could just show up. <laughs> Let's see how that plays out. Because, yeah, really, what are they going to do? Are they really going to be like, like, they're going to form like a Red Rover line and not let him <laughs> in? Like, come on. Like, so many Although, of these problems, like, you could easily solve just by, like, calling people's bluffs. To be fair, I don't know what type of Indian she is. I would be worried if it was a Sikh family. They do all carry swords. I don't think I would. You know what I mean? If it's a Sikh family, they could be scrapped. <laughs> yeah, this scrapped is uh, Nikki Haley's swords. family. <laughs> Wait, Nikki Haley was Sikh? I thought she was a... Uh... Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. I knew yeah. she was, like, part Indian. Um. No, I, I think for me, the only issue is that, like, if he goes... They're not going to kick him out. I don't think they're going to make a big deal about it. He's just not going to get a salmon plate or whatever, like the things he had to pre-register for it were. So. Mm, yeah. Or if I guess not a, a salmon plate at an Indian If they're seating, I don't know. Do Indian weddings usually have seating or do they usually have like... Uh, I feel like they probably don't. I feel bed. like they probably have like a big buffet line of like biryani and like other stuff. Like he's still going to be able to eat. I think Are actually... Are you just imagining probably... the Indian buffets we used to go to in high school? No, like, I think it was like... Indian weddings, right? Oh, I, I don't know. I haven't communal. been to an Indian yeah. wedding. Well... Which I do have a lot of Indian friends, so what does that say about them? Why are y'all all single? Thrishty, hurry up. Mm-hmm. So is this a situation where tradition is just... Complete um, bullshit, yes. <laughs> or are we being culturally imperialist? No. I'm I'm also not a cult... Like, I'm not a... Not like a... What do you call it? I'm not a cultural relativist. Like, there's things other cultures do that are, like that are bad things to do and they shouldn't do them mm-hmm. and it's not okay just because it's their culture and you think not having a concept of a boyfriend i is think in that category of things i think i think outcasting a family member because of a personal life choice that doesn't affect you that's a pretty broad one that's a very broad one so if you have like a a, a family member who's really into underage girls which is a personal choice what the guys. fuck are you like some sort of reddit logic <laughs> bitch all of a sudden Shut i'm up, just i'm Adrian. just i'm just asking you've made a very general claim that i okay. feel like was a little too general sorry if, if it doesn't affect you and doesn't harm others i'll add that qualifier hmm. so she's not harming others like well, why did you come at me with that reddit fucking like <laughs> technically <laughs> energy is that what this podcast is about <laughs> um no 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 yeah yeah sorry i didn't mean to press you on that i just meant um is this the worst thing a culture has ever done no of course not but also like her family is objectively acting poorly yeah i don't know for me like as always like are you coming out for arranged marriages and against letting people love who they want adrian is that what's happening right now no of course not the point i'm making right now is that it's we the way we talk about how we can't do a lot of relationship questions because we just haven't had a lot of experience Family drama is so abstract to me. Like, yeah. it's just like, I can't imagine my parents or anyone in my family caring about any of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. This does seem like, damn, you were really born unlucky to have a family like this who treats you like this. Yeah. It's it's out of control how some people live. It's untenable. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's dark out there, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Why not just be born to a family that's reasonable? Is that my advice to them? <laughs> Let's do that. Spend time around people who are, like, pleasant. Yeah. I mean, good for her, though. That's what she did. She found, she went and found a boyfriend who she likes being around. She's mm-hmm. forming her Even own. Even though he's not college educated. He's not college educated. You know what? Actually, I forgot he was white. Maybe I do take the family side. Maybe this guy is no good. Ooh, that's true. That's true. A white man. Yikes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing a one. Yeah, he's on always like getting into bed with her, being like, "Hey, girl, speak Cherokee to me," and she's like, "I'm not that type of Indian." <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready for the answer, Adrian? Standing up for your own beliefs and honoring your family are such important goals with lifelong implications. Not every decision involving them will have lifelong implications. Sometimes an event is just an event, or a decision is just for now. Sometimes pragmatism is the only statement you need to make. Where now you're thinking beliefs versus family, try thinking, what's easiest? As in which path has the least burdensome consequences? From here, at least, it looks pretty straightforward. If you blow off a family wedding in a strictly traditional family, then you have caused irreparable pain and damage. Whether that's a fair or reasonable response on their part is irrelevant, because you have no say in how they respond. If instead you attend the wedding solo, then you have significant say in how that affects your future. You can discuss it with your partner beforehand, and do it only if he's in full agreement. You can make sure it's the exception, not the precedent, for how you manage your family's displeasure. If he's not in full agreement, then you don't go, because the path you've chosen is with him, right? Assuming a disagreement on this doesn't expose foundational problems between you. One more thought. If you solve this by setting a wedding date, then the timing would be in your family's terms, sure, but the choice of groom is on yours. I could even argue that you'd be calling their bluff by setting a date. If you and he are ready, then terms are basically moot. That's true. They did basically say they were ready, right? So she could very easily be like, we're doing April 20th, 2069. Did you pick 69 because it's a sex number? 42069 would be the the wedding date. (laughs) Um... No, you shouldn't. Like, I mean, I guess if your boyfriend seemed really chill with it, like if he was like, oh, yeah, of course. But like, sometimes people will say yes to something because they don't want to be the villain who told you not to go to your brother's wedding. But at the same time, I mean, would you actually care? I wouldn't. But, you know, I'm trying to be like understanding to how some people feel. It would feel alienating. It would feel a little bit like he might uh, say, yes, you can go even though it really solidifies what their family's opinion of you is. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's still hurtful, even like, I mean, once again, me and you, I know, would not give a flying fuck. Well, like, I would be like, be but bring me back a container of whatever food's going on over there, because I'm going to want a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I could see a version of this where the guy is nice and he says, yeah, go ahead without me and still feels like kind of hurt. And it like causes mm-hmm. a little, you know, causes a little pain. But I don't know. I kind of disagree with Caroline a bit on that, but I don't think Caroline's necessarily being wrong. She's being a little bit uh, smoothed over instead of take the like correct moral stance. But I guess not everything has to be a crusade. Yeah. I don't know how much I believe in irreparable damage of not attending an event. Is Is this? I mean, I don't know a lot about Indian culture. Maybe we should have had an expert on for this column, but like you chose it, not me. Is this one of those things where, like, she can challenge somebody to an Agni Kai or something? Is there, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card culturally? Is there, like, something she can do where her family has to, like, do what she says? Like, she's like, if if I throw down the necklace grandma gave me at my birth, you have to do what I want for this one thing. Ooh. Um, no. No, that's not a thing in Indian culture. <laughs> that's not a thing in Indian culture, I don't think. <laughs> she's not allowed to be like i'm playing all five pieces of exodia right now (laughs) okay there's no gamer challenge that she can take up and that that they have to respect her if she wins i think that yeah i think that's probably true damn well i mean if this was uh if this was a made-up culture for a like book or movie there would be and that would be like a real nice way to settle or solve a real deus ex machina yeah Mm. Eh, too bad 
I guess it's just real life. All right, Paul, you ready for my column? Yeah. The reason I wanted to go first was because I brought in three of these because they're very short. Um, but we can see whether or not we need to do all three or not. Um, I can order them based on how much I like them. But we're doing the New York Times's Judge John Hodgman, which if you're a fan of John Hodgman like I am, uh, I think he's an incredible. Uh, and if you're humorist. not, check out his best work, the Apple and PC commercials. He also is a humorist in like the very most basic way, like a David Sedaris. Like he writes books that are like just kind of general funny essays and quips and, you know, haughty, toddy, Yale educated takes on how society works. But that being said, in, 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 in that weird way that I describe him, I, I do enjoy him quite a lot. He's, he's a really interesting, funny dude. Um, great guest on Comedy Bang Bang as well. And uh, it's his advice column, which I know he has a, a, a podcast where he essentially does like Judge John Hodgman as well. But I didn't realize that there was written versions of it. And he's much more terse in written form. So I figured we could probably do a couple of these. And um, to stick with the theme, we're going to start with one that's about wedding traditions. So, Paul, uh, here we go with the first question. And as I said, all these are incredibly brief. Judge John Hodgman on wedding traditions, July 15th, 2021. Brandon writes, my fiance Ashley is against wedding traditions like the garter toss and particularly the cake smash where bride and groom smear frosting on each other's face. But I'm a big fan of these traditions. Please order a cake smash compromise. Okay, my advice is not for this man. It is for the girlfriend. If you know leave. somebody- <laughs> Leave him. <laughs> if somebody's a big fan of some stupid ass traditions like that. They are a dumb person, they are annoying, and they are not worth your time. Leave his ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I like that. Okay, we can get through all three of these if we do it like that. My suggestion, just like Paul, leave his ass, marry Paul. He's looking for someone. <laughs> and he won't make you put frosting on the other person's face. Um, yeah, what a weird thing to want to do. I mean, it's <laughs> one of those things where like, I, could, I could see him pitch it to his friends as like, she's no fun. But I could see her being like, I'm in my wedding dress. I paid a lot of money for it. I did my makeup. Like, I paid a whole bunch of money for all this. I don't want to get, like, someone just smushing cake in my face. I wouldn't want to do that if I was dressed in, like, my outdoor clothes. I don't want to have to clean sugar icing off my face and then you feel sticky all day and it's, like, hot out and it's... Hot out? Wait, you're you're assuming a very specific scenario. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I was just thinking of the last wedding I went to, which was an outdoor wedding. (laughs) Yeah, I must say, I think I'm okay with it, like, in some scenarios. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Well, okay, okay. And what? how do you feel about the garter toss? Um, that That's kind of stupid. Why are you, Why are you like, putting your hands up a woman, your wife's leg in front of your whole family and, like, I don't know, it's it's kind of gross. I'm with her. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think we were right to pick wedding ones, because I think wedding traditions of all the most uh, domains of traditions are just the most arbitrary, most weird, most, like, forgettable, most, like, why would you feel strongly about it? Yeah, it, it is weird to feel strongly about that. It's like, what, what person really loves the garter toss? That's a mm-hmm. weird person. All right. John's answer. The easiest and most just path is to split the difference. Ashley shoves a piece of cake in your face. The end. But it's best you learn early that beneath the icing of negotiation, marriage is actually multiple layers of zero-sum game sponge cake. Big questions. Whether to have kids. Where to live. What to have for dinner on Wednesday. Will often come down to deep, immovable preference that cannot be solved by compromise but by one-party surrender. 
The trick is to suss out these contentious points before you're officially smearing anything on each other, and then share the surrenders equitably. Um, okay, this is Judge John Hodgman on naming your child, September 24th, 2020. Emily writes, My wife and I are expecting. We want our child to have a hyphenated last name with both of our surnames. I think Otto McNeil is quite nice. My wife thinks it sounds like automobile and prefers McNeil Otto, which is better. <laughs> First off, the wife is technically right here, but only on a technicality of they're both nasty as hell. Do that thing where you invent a new last name together. Dude, that shit's tight. I'm kind of I'm kind of a fan of that. Yeah, th- I'm sorry. You guys do not have two last names that are going to work mixed. Invent a new one. For Otto you. McNeil or McNeil Otto. McNeil Auto sounds like an auto shop. It sounds like you're gonna have a greasy baby. That's with true. Like- <laughs> yeah, it, they both kind of sound like kind of automobile related. Either way, get us out. Baby's gonna come out holding a wrench with grease and overalls on. <laughs> In general, though, I do find it surprising that Americans are so weird about hyphenated last names because it is a big part of uh, at least Guatemalan culture that everyone has a hyphenated last name. So, like, if I was born in Guatemala, like my brother, my last name legally would be Perez Valdez. Well, what what about your brother? What's his last name? Perez Valdez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I use it sometimes informally because it's technically what my last name should be, but I think hyphenated names are fine. Clearly, this is one where I think, based on the context, it's a lesbian couple, but I think everyone should go for hyphenated last names. I think Perez Valdez really rolls off the tongue better than McNeil Otto. (laughs) Are you sure? Because there was the time in middle school where Bailey McMillan said... I don't like the way your last name sounds, so I'm going to call you Perez Montez instead. Well, what's her job? She's not famous or anything, right? We can't get her canceled for that. Yeah, so wait, what's the solution is just keep Otto because McNeil's not that good of a last name? No, no. I I mean, I see why you probably you why you don't want your kid to just have It depends one of on your the child's name, right? What? It depends on the child's name, right? Well, that and also just, I, I really, I'm sticking with my makeup another third. Neither of you have good last names. Like, I don't know. Why are you so attached So what to would them? your suggestions be then? If okay. the child's name, let's say the child's name is um Eloise. Eloise, okay. Schmeloise. You, you would make it a rhyming last name? It would be Eloise <laughs> Schmeloise? I'm just asking what your opinion is, because I don't- Lake. Necessary- there you go. Better than Eloise Lake. Eloise Lake. Um. Okay, so here's John Hodgman's advice. I had my own immediate preference, but as this is a major life decision, I decided for once not to be purely capricious, but instead consult the expertise of the professional poet, Sarah Kay. I'm relieved that she agrees with me. Otto McNeil sounds beautiful. Kay points out that people will hear Otto as Otto, no matter what. To me, McNeil Otto sounds like a car dealership. Hey, agreeing with Paul. When Kay says it fast, she thinks it sounds like a Starbucks specialty drink. So there you have it. Now back to pure caprice. I further order you to name the child Hybrid. <laughs> That's right. so stupid. That makes me upset. <laughs> you laughed at it, though. Did you laugh? <laughs> All right. Last one from Judge John Hodgman. And this has a little bit of a, um air of something you mentioned earlier. But this is... Judge John Hodgman on Bar Trivia Etiquette, November 21st, 2019. Zach writes, My friends and I play bar trivia every week. If someone on our team is absolutely sure of an answer, they can say, I'll die on this hill. And we have to submit that answer no matter what. I believe that this rule can be overturned if everyone in the group 
knows this person is wrong. My friend Nick contends that this renders the original rule useless. Well, there's a very obvious, why aren't you using the obvious mulligan of, I'll die on this hill too. As long as you, a second person, says that, then it goes back to being a normal question where you get to vote on it. Of the group. Ooh, that's smart. So just nullify- But I think it's more about everyone knowing that he's wrong and not what people know is the right answer, though, right? It could well, be like, what country has, has any... the highest population of whatever? And he's like, well, Azerbaijan, no... I'll die on this hill. And it's like, I know it's definitely not that, but I don't know what the answer well, is. Well, if you don't have an answer, then you then you have to why you have to go with that guy. What That's better than leaving it blank is what one guy would so it does insist upon. render the point useless to have the... Uh, I don't follow your logic. Explain that. If everyone knows that he's wrong, but doesn't know the right answer and says, okay, never mind, we're going to cancel your I'll die on this hill. Well, you wouldn't in that case. Why would you? Why would you rather leave it bl- blank than than take his answer? Because you don't have to leave it blank. You have time in bar trivia. Have you ever been to bar trivia? Oh, but, but you can cross it out if somebody comes up with an idea later, or or then later use the "I'll die on this hill" double. But you want to use it for the same question card. that he did it, even though you know one later that people don't know. Oh, you you think they only get one die on this hill per game? Yeah. Where does it state that? If someone on our team is absolutely sure of an answer, they can say, I'll die on this hill, and we have to submit that answer no matter what, once per game. Oh, once per game. Yeah, I mean, if they force your hand to use the I'll die on this hill, then they forced your hand. Paul, have you ever died on a hill in bar trivia to be wrong or to be right? No, I've never. If I, I feel like any time I've, I've said, hey, guys, I'm pretty sure about this one, people go, oh, okay. <laughs> I've, never mm. had, I've never had to have an official rule on <laughs> There was famously the uh, bar trivia I did with a group of six people where everyone was so incensed about the question of how many sections does the average orange have? How many? I have no idea. Do you have a guess? Uh, I would think four on each side, so eight. Have you eaten an orange any time in the last month? Uh, that's quoting one of my team members who said that to one of our other team members. <laughs> I was going to say, what a weird, I was like, what a weirdly intense reaction to what I thought was like. No, a no, no, that, yeah, it, answer. that's basically what the conversation was. Is like the other group was like 12 and they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's that many sections in an orange. <laughs> it wasn't until I said there's a wisdom of a crowd effect. I think it's probably the average, which is 10. And also I specifically remember cutting oranges in half. And getting the keystone thing, where it's two on each side, and then one orange piece in the middle that holds everything together. So it should be ten. And it was ten. That's actually really intelligent. I like that logic. Yeah. Shout out to you, Adrian. Um, Anything else for, like, other questions that you've been super, like, fervent about or anything? Or No, like I said, I can't remember a time where I went, to- y'all, I'm pretty sure about this. People didn't go, yeah. I remember... My proudest bar trivia moment was when I abetted a question. It was like we were in last place on the trivia, but it was one of those ones where they made the like bonus round worth so many points mm. that uh that we won because of it. And, and they it were was... like, name as many porn stars as you can. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, hand <laughs> that over here, y'all. Uh no, it was uh it was an article about which fictional character is the richest, and I just like used my abed brain about media. Mr. Burns. No, it's uh, and the he was in the list, and he was high in the list. So I use the logic of the cartoon ones are clearly going to be at the top because as soon yeah, as it's a cartoon, the absurdity gets mm-hmm. you know heightened to another level. But it was uh, 
Who's who's the duck that dives into the money? Um, oh, um, uh, 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 Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck, and I knew it would be that because there's no way that amount of gold that mm-hmm. he dives into when actually like calculated by weight isn't like some absurd number. That... But that's like an estimation question, right? That's like a, there's no real answer to it. Well, probably not, but I mean it worked. Because you could logic. be like, Mister Burns has so many like non-liquidable assets around the world or whatever. Yeah, I, I I assume the article, I don't remember what article they pulled the question from, but he did reference like, oh, this is from like some sort of article. I assume that article tried to vaguely like follow the show and make some sort of assumptions about wealth. Yeah, but yeah. Based on what you can see I on do screen. Like that, though. I do like that you got that answer, though. Yeah. <laughs> I like how now you're taking issues with the question. <laughs> well, the methodology is clearly flawed. Like, I, it, I it, it, it was Backstreet's at Clemson, so I'll send you their number. You can call them up and let them know. I will. Y- y'all held a trivia there around uh, around 2016. Uh, do y'all re- recall? Okay, you don't? Okay, well, I, I would still like to talk. You don't because you guys this. don't keep records in your town because you live in Clemson where you guys still just do word of mouth to like pass down your history? That makes sense to me. <laughs> that tracks. Um, okay, so the answer from Judge John Hodgman. There are many joys of Trivia Night beyond the chance to show off your deep knowledge of the history of go-go music and David Bowie. Sadly, there are also sometimes sports questions. Dude, I relate with that super hard. I fucking hate sports questions because it's never soccer. But this can be endured for the camaraderie, the beer, and the chance to fight with your friends. The latter is a feature, not a bug. A phrase first documented in 1975's The Jargon File. If Nick is willing to die on that hill, you must let him die. Enjoy it, too. The loss of that point will strengthen your team and make Nick be less rash in the future. All right. So that's three Judge John Hodgman's that I thought were very fun. Any uh, any questions about tradition or anything about that? About like how those related to those articles? Oh, yeah. I didn't really get that. It's tradition for us to have a die on this hill. It's traditional to name children specific ways, especially with us having the Guatemalan way of having hyphenated last names. And then the first one was literally about wedding traditions of, like, smashing cake into people's faces. Oh, yep, that's true. You hit it out of the park, Adrian. Ten out of ten. Thank you, Paul. Glad you agree. Um, But we got this third seggy, which is a joint third seggy. So how do you want to introduce and or do this one? All right. So the rules of this game, we're calling it Keep It or Take It. Me and Adrian have both brought in five traditions or customs. And what we have to do is, I think me and Adrian kind of being new school sort of people... We're more likely to get, we're more likely to want to get rid of traditions, right? We, we, we're a little young. We're like little zoomers. We're like, eh, get out of here, grandpa. I'm always using TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We're like, who, what is Facebook? I'm on TikTok. You know, we're getting rid mm. of the old, getting with the new. The challenge is you're going to have to decide which three of these you would concept. Well, which three of them you're willing to take. You can only get rid of two. You got to mm. keep three. Okay. Get rid of two. That's hard. Um, so take it or leave it. Um, so we both got our five lists, and I think the way we should do it is I should do your list and you should do mine. Um, okay. So do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, You can go first. Okay. I'll read my list to you and you let me know which one of these five you take or leave. All right. All right. Adrian, first up, we have the fact that a f- bride's family pays for the wedding brides oh um as a man i'm okay with that okay wait what do you do in a gay wedding in a what in a gay wedding or if you're marrying your polycule (laughs) i don't think that's legal yet sadly 
Okay, so then what are you doing a gay wedding? Um, I mean, that th- that's already not traditional. You've already broken that seal. <laughs> like, So no one pays for the wedding? <laughs> it's free! It's free, <laughs> baby! <laughs> it's Dine and Dash, baby. Okay. You get two birthdays. <laughs> oh. The bride, uh, I feel like because I'm a man, that it advantages me, so I'm okay with it. But we'll see what the other ones are. Men pay for dinners on dates. as soon as it starts disadvantaging me i'm going dutch um putting out cookies for santa putting out cookies for santa we never did that you didn't put out little cookies and milk for santa no my neighbors did but i never did i think my parents were a little bit too like we're not making cookies for nobody like (laughs) i don't want them i don't think was that an easy way for your parents to explain why you got worse gifts than your neighbor? They were like, oh, shit, we forgot that he was upset about we forgot to put out cookies again. <laughs> That's why they got an Xbox and you got an old-timey baseball bat like you had a Christmas in the 50s, Adrian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's what that was. So for me, that one's probably going to be a leave it, but what, the, what is it so far? Bride's family pays. For the wedding. Men pay for dinner and putting out cookies. You know what? Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say this. If women pay for lunch and brunch and breakfast, I'm going to make my money back. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> Wait, you're having lunch, brunch, and breakfast? Throughout the week. I feel like it's a triangle, Adrian. It's a triangle. Pick two. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Then uh, brunch and after dinner drinks. Um, okay. So this is, you asked me to bring in a, an Arab one because you were interested. And this isn't exclusively Arab. I've run into um turkish people yeah actually i mean well not turkish people but like uh, what's that eastern catholic called what are they called uh orthodox yeah there's eastern orthodox people who do this too so maybe it's like a catholic thing i guess it's definitely christian because it's based around easter um Hmm. but my family on easter would always we take the eggs that you colored for easter and we play this game where you like everybody gets like you know there's five of us so everybody gets you know, we subdivide the eggs into five groups. Everybody gets their own little group of eggs. And you play this game where you use your eggs and you hold one in your hand and the other person holds theirs and they crack it against your egg. First person's egg, egg to crack to break the shell loses. Um, and person with the last egg left standing wins. And you uh, work your way through all the eggs. So um, it's a pretty fun way to spend Easter morning. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It seems like a pretty quick event, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. And then, just go ahead and top it off with the final one. The fifth one is asking for the daughter's hand in marriage. What does that mean? You have to ask, when you want to marry somebody, you have to ask their father if you're allowed to marry her. (laughs) I have no strong opinions about that. I think that's totally cool. I think that people have done that that I know. I think that's a cool thing to do. I didn't bring that one in because you told me about an embarrassing story with you and somebody you know where you made fun of that and they were upset. Um, I mean, it's stupid though, right? (laughs) Isn't it so fucking stupid? It's like, could you imagine someone going to my dad and being like, hey, I really like Dora Lee. I'm really sweet on her. Can I, uh, can I marry Dora Lee? He'd be like, what the fuck are you talking to me about this for? It's like, ask her. What, What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, no, obviously it's very stupid. So you gotta you gotta keep three of these, Adrian. So I guess that one's definitely going. You only get to get rid of two. That one's so fucking old school and weird. I don't know. It's just so weird. Uh, it's so patriarchal. I'm not gonna lie. I can get why people think it's sweet, like daddy daughter dances, in the same way that you and I had really like repulsive like 
responses to that being like oh what the fuck <laughs> i don't know man yeah take that one out please take that one out of the world take that one out of the universe all right that one's gone keep what the else? eggs the eggs are cute the eggs are cute keep the uh bride's parents paying for the wedding i like that that probably favors me uh and then the other two which is dinner and santa San oh dinner no santa keep santa <laughs> Yeah, keep pay- keep putting uh, cookies out for Santa. Get rid of men paying for dinner. Okay, so you really did the one that where you would have to ask somebody for their daughter's hand in marriage, and where you would have to pay for dinner. You really did. You got rid of you got rid of the ones where you would potentially have to do it. In no universe would I ever ask someone's dad if I can marry their daughter, and that's why you got rid of it. Okay, I didn't make it too hard for you. I, I think I put some softballs in there. So that was easy enough. Paul, for you, I, I kind of picked ones that are a little bit closer to my heart. And so I picked traditions more than customs. So these are, again, things that are a little bit more like annual things like on this day, we celebrate this holiday in a particular way. So number one, UC Davis picnic day, Doxy Derby. Wiener dogs from around the Sacramento area gather to test their speed against their oddly shaped peers. This event is a fan favorite and is among several other traditions that keep huge crowds returning year after year to the largest student-run event in the country. For a little bit of context, UC Davis Picnic Day is kind of a day where everyone just starts drinking at the beginning of the day. I was going to ask, is drinking a big part of it? That was question one. So it's a huge day where it's technically there's this big wholesome thing on campus. We can go to food trucks. There's little exhibits. You can go to the insect museum. You can go to the entomology department and see cockroaches race each other. You can go to the marine lab. Cockroaches? Cocker spaniels? Cockroaches? Yeah, yeah, Papa it's Roaches. Co- it's cockroaches. You can do. Why are you these... adding an A between cock and roaches? Cockroaches. 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 Am I actually that? Wait, hold on. Cockroach, Papa Roach is that not why he just named himself I Papa thought you Roach? I was thinking Cocker Spaniel and mixing that with cockroach. I literally just looked up the spelling that I used, and it came up with a uh, cockatoo. <laughs> cockroach you're right you're right okay so you can watch cockroaches uh race each other you can do all of the things through campus but also a big part of the day is just people getting drunk from the beginning of the morning all the way throughout the night and just going to bars and like hanging out mm-hmm. so it's a very fun event i've never been to the doxy derby because there's apparently a long wait and as people know i don't find dogs that charming so i don't really care about this but it is a huge part of picnic day people love it paul any 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 thoughts on this one okay i think this is probably going to be a keep it is my gut reaction this sounds delightful this sounds like a great day all right so that one's from my uc davis days this one's from my uc uh usc days um i wanted to bring in chicken finger wednesday which is where everyone went to the cafeteria and ate on campus because it was chicken fingers and curly fries on wednesday mm-hmm. but instead i brought in tiger burn mm-hmm The rivalry between South Carolina and Clemson dates back over a century. The idea for burning Clemson's mascot was sparked after the 1902 rivalry football game. Today, it takes 50 engineering students more than 40 hours to construct a 30-foot tall tiger. We then burn it, and Tiger Burn is a night for the entire Gamecock community to showcase its unrivaled pride. Okay, I I guess FYI, our friend Phil has performed at Tiger Burn before. I mean, I get why it takes 50 USC engineers to build a big puppet. That makes sense to me. Um, How many uh, does it take to screw in a light bulb? That's what I'm worried about. And the second thing is, yeah, I, 
I don't really have a big opinion on this. I guess I could take it or leave it. I'd have to see the other ones. Mainly, it's like one of those things where I don't have an opinion on it because it's like, you guys think about us a lot, but Clemson, we don't really like think about you guys at all. So you guys don't have like the creativity to do anything cool like this. Yeah, no, we don't have to use 100 packaging science students to build a to build a field of gamecocks or whatever. Or you can't, I guess, would be the other thing that you could probably say. Yeah. You're unable to, because you literally haven't proven that you can, whereas we do it every single year, but okay, that makes that makes sense. And it makes sense to me that as soon as they've built it, they have to burn it, because it's probably structurally unsound, because USC engineering students built it. So, like, you couldn't leave that up, it would be, it, it would go against city ordinances. Number three, tamales on Christmas at 12am. Oh, we're keeping that one, that's delightful. For Guatemalans, even though Paul has shit on this tradition... And my mom brought it up during our call earlier today. What did I make Paul fun has shat on the idea of staying up till midnight on Christmas and staying up all through the night during Christmas. And instead is favoring a white middle class. You wake up at 6 a.m. to get your presents. Instead, we have a much more fun. You eat dinner at 8 p.m. And then you stay up till midnight. And on midnight, right when Christmas starts, you eat tamales, you dance, you do fireworks you hang out with your family, everyone hugs at midnight, everyone eats a tamale, it's beautiful, everyone opens their presents, everyone plays with their presents, we into the late hours of the day. Oh, we, uh, we would Christmas wait night. up till midnight on Christmas, we just didn't really celebrate Christmas then, we would go to mass because we were like actually, you know, Christian. Um, oh, that's the most boring thing I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, it kind of sucks, it was all <laughs> yeah, That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, we would go to mass at midnight. Um, yeah, no, that sounds really fun. So- sorry, Miss Perez. Sorry, Miss Perez. I love you and Guatemala. Um, yeah, and so the other Guatemalan tradition that I wanted to do that my mom didn't know but my dad knows about, and this is another alternative, so if you want to just like say any quick comments about this one, kind of like Chicken Finger Wednesday. In the town of Todos Santos, All Saints Day celebrations take a unique form. This is in Guatemala. Locals get trashed on alcohol before attempting to race horses through the town, watched by friends family and a growing number of intrigued so this is number four okay i'm no no this is number three this is the guatemalan alternative just want to get your quick thoughts on this one there's Um, another guatemalan one that my mom didn't know about so i didn't use it but my dad knows about it and my dad it's like a running of the bulls but with horses you'd get drunk no you ride the horses oh you ride you get really drunk and my dad let me know uh that the article didn't it's just that it's not really like a, a racing the horses while drunk to an actual destination. It's literally like a who can stay on their horse for the longest. It's an endurance challenge of drunk people being on horses and like trying to see who can last the longest. This sounds downright dangerous. I'm not going to lie to you. I it, think it sounds awesome. I was like, dude, this awesome. is fucking I'm pretty bracket, sure I bro. would personally die trying it. I think I would be. I would die. I would die. <laughs> I would die. Which I don't know if that's necessarily like a negative. <laughs> that's a good. That seems like it's a better good way for the to world. It seems yeah. like a good way to go out. Um, but as an as an observer sport, it seems like it'd be fun too. I, I think I'll we'll, we'll stick with the tamales one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a fun one to bring in, and I was glad that when I as soon as I said it, I like I was talking to my mom on speakerphone, and my dad was like, "Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Your dad from the cool part of Guatemala." Guatemala <laughs> yeah, that's City. actually really funny. Is what my mom kept doing a bit where she was like, "I just never get invited." <laughs> I was like, I that's either. really funny that's a good bit shout out to mama Perez. that's way funnier than anything i said <laughs> all right and they then number four they didn't let me know this one is a south carolina tradition fourth of july peach festival in gilbert south carolina oh yeah 
in its 62nd year, the longest lasting peach festival in America, the town of Gilbert will host the Lexington County Peach Festival. It is recognized as one of the most successful and prestigious events of its kind in the southeastern United States. Summer after summer in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the community was alive with the harvesting, packing, and shipping of peaches. Today, while we find only a few peach farms still in operation, the peach remains, in our minds, the queen of all fruits and worthy of honor in our small town. The Lexington County Peach Festival is held every year on July 4th or July 3rd if the 4th is a Sunday in Gilbert, South Carolina at the Gilbert Community Park. Festivities kick off every year with a parade at 9.30, stretching until 10 p.m., when we bring the day to a close with a dazzling display of fireworks. We hope you plan to spend July 4th with us as you are enjoying live entertainment, the peachy and patriotic parade, over 100 art and craft exhibits, antique car shows, tractor shows, children rides, and many food items specializing in peachy delights including Adrian's favorite, peach pie with a scoop of peach ice cream. All right, I've never been. What? Have you really never been? I've never been. <laughs> I thought you've gone to this for sure. It's so it's so close. It's not close by, but like, come on. It's Lexington know. County. It's Peach Festival. It's Gilbert. Come on. <laughs> We're going back to Gilbert, baby. We're taking what did this you do on in, the road. What did you do for 4th of July? Just like twiddle your thumb in your butt? Uh, We would go to the, uh, we went to Lake Murray. Yeah, we went to the Lake Murray thing. You can do both in a day very easily. All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm leaving this, and the reason I'm gonna leave it is because I don't want to hear you talk about it anymore. You're making me feel bad. You're making me feel bad about having never gotten to go. <laughs> Number five is a tradition that I've never been a part of, but I'm pretty sure Paul has, and it actually ends this year, um, which is very sad. Paul, do you have any guesses? Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Nope, we're not ending the Irish this year. <laughs> I thought we were going to do a genocide on the Irish, finally. I thought we were finally. <laughs> Number five is Reddit Gifts. R oh, shit. I have done Secret that Santa. Why? Why are they ending it? Have they become too dangerous? Have people started sending pipe bombs or something? No, they said they want to focus more on user experience in-app than actual, like, outside of the app experiences. What? But wasn't it mostly, like... User hey, can, you, can you let me describe this before you give your take? No. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so Reddit Gifts, stylized as Reddit Gifts with a lowercase r, is an online user-to-user gift exchange that connects Redditors around the world with one another. Free to participate in, the service involves signing up, filling out a profile based on the user's preferences, and agreeing to send a gift to a randomly assigned user. Um, and as I said before, it's a kind of secret Santa Reddit type thing. And it ends this year. Yeah, I got a really cool, I got this, like, really cool print of a, I think I put I liked Game of Thrones at the time, I think I did in, like, 2014, but that I liked Game of Thrones, and I got a print of a White Walker. Yeah, I only did it one year. I got a print. I got an art print of the White Walkers from Game of Thrones, and something else, but I can't remember what the other thing was. It was something else, another little knickknack. And I sent them a, I sent them a board game. I can't nice. remember what board game it was, but they put they like board games and I just like kind of generally scrolled for one that seemed Wait, like is it actually one to one or is it diagonal? Is it like you oh, send yeah, something you to someone? You send to somebody else, not the person who's sending to you. Gotcha. So I sent the board game to a woman who lived in California. Um hmm. like I think she was like a thirty year old woman. And yeah, I, I, I tried to like look for a board game that seemed obscure enough that like I wasn't like, ooh, she likes board games, let me send Catan, but like <laughs> 
I can't remember. Have you heard of Monopoly? I want to say it was called like lemmings or something like that, like a small animal. Oh, is that the the animals that like go off the cliff? Yeah. Um, But it might have been something else. It might have been called like goblins or it was just like some sort of like short animal name was the name of the board game. Um, And it had good reviews. So that's what I sent over. I'm going to say that of those five, the ones I would want to get rid of actually are, yeah, I think Secret Santa, actually, probably, I'm going to put that in there. Who cares? I'd never use it. Hmm. And it's not something I think I would ever use again. I think it was like funny to do once just to see how it played out. Um, oh, in the, uh, in the tiger burning. Oh, Paul, showing his Clemson defensiveness. Doesn't want that tiger burn. He's like, oh boy. <laughs> I just think it's, I just think it's dangerous to do that. In this you come game. after Clemson, you best not miss. That's what, that's what Paul says. Hey, Adrian, you're, you're the one who's always talking about air quality in Davis. And I'm just, I don't know if they should be adding that sort of smog to the environment just for a little joke. <laughs> so you're keeping the Doxy Derby. The tamales on Christmas at 12 a.m. and yeah. the Fourth of July Peach Festival in Gilbert, South Carolina. I'm keeping all of those, and I'm also putting out a little bit of positive energy, a little bit of good vibes, a little bit peace, of- Peace, love, uh, and positivity. Peace, love, and positivity. It's Harry Mack, baby. I'm putting out all of that for Miss Perez. Sorry I made fun of tamales at midnight no, on no, Christmas. No, no, no. Do you not remember that? You made fun no. of staying up for Christmas. Oh, yeah, that is still kind of stupid. You saw Yeah, Christmas you were literally like, oh, how am I going to play with my games? I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I stand by that. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's You're so hype on Christmas, dog. You're like literally just like, no. I got a soccer ball and I went out in the middle of the night and like went and played Dude, soccer. Dude, you are so wrong about this. It's actually upsetting. You and your it's stupid mom. It's actually upsetting mom. how dumb you are. You and your are. dumb mom. <laughs> Because you, like, you didn't even get like soccer balls. You didn't have to like go outside. You got like what, like a fucking like... Uh, Xbox or whatever. Yeah. Like you just had to like go into your room and play Xbox. You could have done that at midnight. You could have gotten it earlier and played it all night. I mean, I got like books and, <laughs> and clothes and. Oh right, he got those Harry Potter books as he loves that notorious turf. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're right. Twelve-year-old <laughs> Paul should. <laughs> Paul really loved. Uh, should have turf picked ideology. up on J.K. Rowling's. <laughs> transphobia which she subtly hinted at throughout all the novels at what subtly is a strong word it was really more the forefront of the book thematically mm-hmm. in retrospect all right dude anything else or big facts no cap no big facts no cap um i'm sorry i called you dumb miss perez you're very smart i was i was just upset about adrian's christmas takes big fact traditions should be something that develop naturally, not something you force, and they shouldn't be things that are used to control or hurt others. They should be something that are like just a delightful novelty that brings like a little bit of color and a little bit of like memorableness to a season or time. I know cappuccino is that I think I would agree with Paul. I think traditions are fun. That's their main thing. And so once they stop being fun, stop them. If you're writing in an article like I saw when I was researching this episode where it's like, oh, this is a thing that we do every year and it's not fun anymore and I want to like start my own family's traditions, then do that. Traditions should be fun. Traditions shouldn't be a a burden on you. All right, Adrian, this has been a delightful episode. I've loved this conversation. Yeah. Thanks for coming out, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I came out to my room to record this. <laughs> Thank you for coming out, man. It's It's been beautiful having you. Uh, and if there's one tradition we know about, it's the fact that Paul value you as a friend and i love you i love you too buddy all right let's get out of here and how do we keep our balance 
That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! of our traditions. We've kept our balance for many, many years. <laughs> <laughs>